Welcome to the Registered Investment Advisor Podcast, where financial services marketing expert Seth Green interviews experts, executives, and top producers to share can't-miss tips on how they successfully manage their financial service firms, grow their businesses, create great relationships, and influence the industry. And now, here's your host, Seth Green. Welcome to the podcast. This is your co-host, Seth Green. Today, I've got the wonderful good fortune to be interviewing Brooke Lively from CathCap, author of From Panic to Profit, How Six Key Numbers Can Make a Six-Figure Difference in Your Business. Um, this, I have to tell you, I am not a huge fan of most financial books. And I have been trying to get through like the Accounting Lemonade Stand book for a very long time. I have read your book multiple times and it has significantly impacted our business and I am super excited to have you on. So thanks for joining us today. Okay, so that is mind boggling. I I only know one other person who has read the book multiple times. Seriously? Yeah. I I don't get that. How does it not like become your Bible? (laughs) Well, I'm so flattered. I tried to make it really easy to read, you know, simple there are lots of funny stories about my family in there. Did there you read are, the footnotes? There are, and there's a couple stories about some hypothetical clients in there too. Well, the, they're not hypothetical clients. They're real I, clients. I know, they're I was trying to be nice. Hypothetical <laughs> names. Hypothetical names. All right, so um, tell us a little, let's go back in time a little bit. How did you get started? I got started, I was running my family's business. And we hired someone to help with sales and marketing. And his clients came to me and said, can you do for us what you're doing for your family's business? And that was when I realized that entrepreneurs start their business for the love of a product or a service. And the whole business side of their business is really intimidating. And they don't understand the numbers. They don't know where to turn to. And they're not running their businesses based on data. And I thought, you know what? I can make this easier for them. I can I can help them. And so that's what I'm doing. That is an understatement. And there's a longer version, of course, in the book. So I think you just hit on an incredible point. You talked about how we start our business for the love of the product or the service or the thing that we want to do, which as Michael Gerber from Emeth would say, we had an entrepreneurial seizure. We said, oh, just because I can do this thing or I like this thing, I can run a business that sells this thing. And at the time that most of us started our business, there was not a owner's manual of how to operate your particular business unless you bought a franchise. Right. So we are figuring it all out as we go, despite the millions of business books out there that we could turn to. So I love that you boil down all of business, financials, data, accounting to six easy numbers. Yeah. I would like you to share with folks the question, the tropical island question Ah. that starts the book that literally, I think, changes the way it should change the way any business owner thinks about their business. So set us up. So um, someone asked me this question. I was in a meeting. I'm in a group called EO, Entrepreneurs Organization. Which, let me tell you, if you own a business and you're not in EO, join. Well, you got to own a business big enough to get an EO, and then, yes, you can join. Yes, and if your business is not over a million dollars, if your business is over 250000 you can join the EO Accelerator Program. Yes. 
So there is an option there. True. Okay. So, and, and this happened to be, I was sponsoring an accelerator chapter in Denver when I was asked this question. So somebody said, if you are at a five-star resort on a desert island, there's no phone, no cell service, no TV, no nothing. There is a boat that comes once a week. It drops off supplies. It drops off mail. It drops off new people. And it picks up departing guests. What three to five pieces of information would you need your company to send on that boat for you to make the decision about whether you could stay another week or not? I think that is a game-changing question if we really consider it. It really is. What do you need to know? And the problem is, is that most companies look at what we call lagging indicators. They look at numbers that tell them what has already happened. Well, that's great, except that that's already happened. That doesn't tell you if you can stay on the on the island for another week or two or a month. Are you going to, are you, can you afford to do it? Are you going to have clients when you come back? Yeah, I I think it's a huge, I think it should be a game changer because if you think about it, a lot of us don't think that way. Are you going to have, you know, I think uh, there have been a many number of people who said it, but, you know, Dan Kennedy had always asked me, you know, if you took three months off, a year off, would your business be better when you came back or would it have burned to the ground? In which case you don't really have a business because it's not running without you. Right. Yeah. You have a practice. Yes. Or you, you have, have a job. Highly paying job. Right. Yeah. So let's, t- I don't want you to give away all six key numbers because I want people to go get the book, but let's tease them a little bit. Let's give them one or two of the numbers. Uh, I'm going to have you give one. And if you don't pick the one I'm going to pick, I'm going to share one that made a huge difference for me. So um, we looked at the business in general, and we said there are kind of six areas where we want to look at the numbers. And, um, and some of the numbers really build on each other. Now I'm dying to know what number you want to use. <laughs> I'll go, if you want, I will go first. All right, you go first. I'll go. I'll pick two, and then hopefully I don't steal too much of your thunder. But it's your book. Um, I can talk about all six, so <laughs> that's true. But I want them to go get the book. So I'll tell you what the two, the two that made the biggest number for biggest for me. Um, one was the work in progress. Yep. I had to figure out what numbers did we need to track to know are we on pace delivering what we promised for our clients? Are we doing good? Are they going to stay happy another week? Or do I need to get back on the boat and go home and dive in and personally solve things myself, which I shouldn't have to do anyway, but we all know that that's not not always perfect. Well, and the thing about work in progress is in general, this week or this month's work in progress is next week or next month's revenue, depending upon your billing cycle. So looking at that tells you how much cash you're going to have. Are you going to have money or not? Are you going to be able to pay for that resort? Because let me tell you, Seth, that ain't no cheap resort you're staying on. Very true. And the uh, uh, the one other number, and then I'd love to hear some of your favorites. The other number was the cash flow forecast. Yeah. Because prior to this, I had been guilty of doing the financials of our company like once a month. Mm-hmm. And 
I'd be like, oh, crap. We had a bunch of people whose credit cards declined that we didn't know about. I didn't check. We didn't charge them. Now I got to go back and go, we've been working for you for two weeks for free because your car didn't go through. We now need you to pay. And I only had one shot every 30 days. It Did we get everything right? Or do I know we're behind and I need to go close a whole bunch of sales tomorrow? So yeah. we changed it to, I changed it to every other day, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Mm-hmm. So I can see three times a week, how are we doing? So that no one, if there's a billing issue, goes longer than 24 hours without getting notified, hey, your car didn't go through, your ACH didn't clear or whatever. And it gives me a lot more time to go, oh, if I have an issue, I know what's happening now. And I have the next two weeks before payroll to solve it as opposed to going, oh, crap, payroll's tomorrow. What do I do? Well, in you know, payroll is really, payroll's the, the reason we need to do this, right? Because you know, as well as I do, that we don't get our, our money in in four nice equal amounts during the month like equally every week. You also know that we don't spend our money. Our expenses aren't divided up into four nice equal amounts. Months or months, weeks one and three are horrendously expensive because we've got payroll and week one usually has rent unless you're a totally virtual company. So, you know, we need to know what our expensive weeks are and we need to look at when we tend to get our revenue. So are we matching those up? There is nothing you can do six hours before payroll if you don't have the cash. There is a lot you can do six weeks beforehand if you know you're not going to have the cash. And if you're looking at your whip, that's going to tell you how much money you have coming in in the future. Your bills, let's face it, Seth, those are pretty set. I mean, you know, they're, they're one-off things, but you usually know when you're, I don't know, getting a new website. So you can put that in there. But if we're planning six to eight weeks in a he- ahead, and if we're looking at that every week, we know when we're going to have a cash crunch and we can do something about it. We can be proactive. We can go to the bank. We can talk to our landlord about paying rent a week late. We can move the due date for our credit card. We can pay part of the credit card. We can pay the minimum payment, get the cash in, and then pay the rest of the bill a week later. We have options. A hundred percent. So those are my two favorite numbers of the six. Can you share one one you like the best that I didn't already do? Um, yeah, I'm gonna set. I'm gonna do two. So one that I really like is net new engagements. And this is how many clients, projects, engagements are you finishing and how many have you sold? And what this really looks at is how much of the capacity of your company are you using? And the reason this is important is because we want to look at the trend. Hiring is hard right now. I mean, everybody's having a hard time. Though, interestingly, salaries are coming down, which is great news for every employer. Not so great news for those people who have waited to switch jobs. But, um, you know, when we're looking at that, I want to know in advance who I'm going to need to hire next. And so knowing six months in advance that I'm going to need person A as opposed to person B because of the way the company's growing, that is huge information. 
because we're all about making proactive data-driven decisions. So let's be able to make it in advance. Let's know that in November, I'm going to need to hire someone and it takes about a month and a half to train them. And it takes about two months to hire them. So I know that I need to back up three and a half months from November. And that's when I need to put the job description out there. I, I think that's really important. I had uh, I had to learn that lesson the hard way. I interviewed a gentleman who founded a, a home goods delivery program um, that went from zero to 300 million in three years. Wow. That's what I said. I said, how on earth do you manage for that type of growth? And he said, well, we had to learn that we had to hire six months in advance of when we would need people. And I had historically, that was an epiphany for me. And then seeing it again in your book, because I had been going, oh, we've got more clients coming on than we have capacity for. I need to hire someone tomorrow, like really fast. And then you don't always make the best hiring decision. You take who's available as opposed to going, hey, now we're hiring at least a month or two ahead of where we know we're going to need them so that we can be more picky and get better quality people. Exactly. Because you want to make the right hire. I mean, Jim Collins, right person, right seat. Nothing is more expensive to your company than having a wrong person, wrong seat. Amen. So tell us a little bit about what inspired you to write the book. I like helping people. I like making it better. I want people to understand better. I want people to not feel so isolated, frustrated, um, uneducated. I have found that every entrepreneur I have encountered has been bright and capable. They all learn this stuff. Is it worth their time and effort? Probably not. They have other skills. And it's probably easier to hire someone like us to do a lot of this for them. But that doesn't mean that they can't. And it doesn't mean that they should have to suffer and not understand what people are talking about. So I wrote a book so that they could understand the basics and learn it. And they didn't have to, to raise their hand and ask stupid questions. And I was having a conversation one time with a banker. And well, let me back up and tell you the story I was telling you. So we were having a conversation about one of my clients and he had gone to get a loan and we had filled out the loan package. He goes and he meets with the loan committee and he comes back and he's like, I'm never going to get the loan. Oh my God, the whole company's going to go under because I don't get the loan and I'm growing too fast. And if I don't get the loan and I can't hire the people and I don't know that any, and I'm like, Scott, calm down. Tell me what happened. He's like, they told me they needed pro formas. I mean, and he was wigged out. And I'm like, hold on. You know that budget we have for next year? He's like, yeah. I'm like, that's what they want. And there was a moment of silence. And then there was another tirade about why didn't they just say, I want the budget. And so I'm telling this story to a banker. And the banker said, well, why didn't he just raise his hand in that meeting and say, what's a pro forma? And I asked the banker, if you had someone in your loan committee raise his hand and say, what's a pro forma? Would you want to loan him a million dollars? And he was like, oh yeah, no, I totally wouldn't have loaned him a million dollars. I'm like, that's why he didn't raise his hand. 
These business owners know that. So by writing a book like this, I teach you what a pro forma is. I teach you some of those terms. I teach you the basic numbers to look at so that you can be a better consumer. That is a wonderful reason. Tell us about you in a perfect segue. What is CAFCAP? What do you do and who do you do it for? So we are fractional CFOs. We help companies that are too small to have a full-time in-house CFO at, you know, 200,000 a year plus salary, get the strategic advice that they need to grow and scale their company. You are at point A, you want to be at point Z. How are we going to get there? What is that going to look like? It's our goal to help companies grow to the point where they need to bring that function in-house. And who is an ideal client for you? Generally, companies that are doing between two and somewhere between up to about 50 million, depending upon the type of company it is. Um, We are fairly industry agnostic. We've got um, incredible CFOs on our team that have done everything from manufacturing to service-based businesses to nonprofits. And your passion is obvious. What do you like best about what you're doing? I had a, a client that I have worked with on and off over the years. And I got an email from her husband one time during a period where we weren't working together. And he said, she, she's got to rehire you. And I'm like, why? And he said, she's not sleeping well. And she's talking to me in the middle of the night about her business. What I love is that partnership. It's taking that emotional load off of our clients. It's helping them solve the problems that are keeping them up at night and letting them sleep and letting them enjoy the fruits of their labor. Because it's a big responsibility to to start a company. You've got employees, you've got responsibilities. But it can also be really stinking fun. So let's see if we can increase the fun part of it. That makes sense. For our folks watching and listening who want to learn more, who want to get a copy of the book, who want to learn about all things Brooke and CAFCAP, where are the best places for us to send them? I think the website's the best place, CAFCAP.com. All right. This has been Seth Green with Brooke Lively from CAF, C-A-T-H, CAP, C-A-P.com. Brooke, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Seth. I had a great time. Thanks, everybody, for watching or listening. We will talk to you or see you next time. 49 faces looked to him in triumph. Over the last 12 months, they had each taken turns and promoted his business for a week at a time, driving over $987,342 in revenue. What if you had a network of 50 centers of influence who promoted your business every week for a year? Grab your copy of the number one Amazon best-selling book, The Ultimate Guide to Growing Your Business with a Podcast, at 33% off the Amazon price by going to ultimatepodcastbook.com. Again, that website for 33% off the Amazon price is ultimatepodcastbook.com.